Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real-world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. Space is always at a premium, especially in warehouses, distribution and fulfillment centers. And with trends like micro-fulfillment continuing to grow, and of course e-commerce demand still sky high, maximizing your facility footprint is something you can do to make sure your operation continues to run smoothly. Today we're speaking to two members of the Storage Manufacturers Association, or SMA. It's the industry's leading suppliers of industrial storage equipment. We're going to get some tips on how to make the most out of existing facilities. Welcome to the podcast, Natalie and Chris. Thanks for being here. Why don't we just start with by you both introducing yourselves for our audience today. I'm Natalie Gundrum, Director of Sales at Steel Solutions. Uh, My team primarily focuses on e-commerce and warehouse and distribution projects. We often partner with some end users, integrators, and general contractors, to name a few. My name is Chris Pulse. I'm the next caliber product manager for Steel King Industries. I've been in the industry for nearly 30 years at this point. And uh, I have a pretty broad range of experiences ranging from frontline leadership through executive leadership and manufacturing, engineering, general management, and so forth. Excellent. Thank you so much for doing that. And uh, as you both know, we're talking about maximizing facility footprints. And we'll touch on both new and existing sites. But first, what are some challenges companies face when trying to create a floor plan for their facility? And how do you tackle that? Chris, why don't we start with you? Yeah, thank you. Challenges are somewhat unique to each opportunity, but they generally all begin with how can I elevate a process or inventory? And then once I've identified that, how can I automate the processes from what it was before? You know, it really ranges from a lot of things, but you have to really start with that. We see these opportunities come up. In a lot of cases, they fall within the fulfillment centers, partial distribution or e-commerce here of late. Basically, they all have general arrangements on how those processes are put in place. So they already start out with some type of a plan. But what I recommend is that first thing they do is contact a well-established platform and shelving provider to help walk them through the process and what to look out for. Yeah, absolutely. And, And I imagine the sooner they contact someone to walk through the process, the better. Natalie, over to you. What what have you noticed in facilities? Yeah, one thing that I noticed often is there's a lot of vertical potential within existing facilities. However, organizations are often unaware of the vast options that surround creating vertical space within their existing facility footprint. So what I mean by this is by using an elevated work platform or solution along those lines within an existing workplace footprint, Companies can elevate everything from rack and shelving units to office spaces or meeting rooms or conference rooms, or even key pieces of equipment or assembly stations, pick and pack areas, and more. The the options really are endless. It's just really understanding what that facility and what their team is trying to achieve. Platforms are an excellent way to make use of unused space. How would uh, a company incorporate an elevated platform into their existing footprint? 
There are a few ways to incorporate elevated work platform solutions into an existing facility. So to explain them a little bit further, first, we have seen organizations elevate those offices and cubicle spaces or meeting rooms and huddle rooms. This enables offices and operational folks, or even think about it, maintenance folks or shipping and receiving folks, personnel that's out on a manufacturing floor, they can easily collaborate when the workstations are elevated and in the middle of where all the action takes place within a facility. It heightens communication, collaboration, and getting things done even faster and more efficiently than they had even hoped. Another option we see many times is where a shipping and receiving department will use elevated work platforms to create vertical space. So this enables their department basically to have multiple layers. They could have a first level, a second, a third level, and these could house units of shelving while still utilizing the same facility footprint. Organizations have also used elevated work platforms to raise up work and pick stations, for example. This creates open, usable space on a ground floor while teams are elevated maybe on a second or a third work platform level in their respective departments. And one more example, uh, using elevated work platforms to raise up critical merge points, say in a conveyor system or important maintenance access points for conveyor systems or critical pieces of machinery is a really good idea. Why? Because this gives maintenance teams or troubleshooting teams and key personnel immediate access to these points in a system so that they can optimally keep product and throughput flowing throughout the day at any time. Chris, when you're working with a client on a platform solution, what, what does your process look like? Generally, what we'll do is we'll start with identifying what the use of the platform would be or what you're going to put in the shelving units. If you're following the path or going down a path of platforms, knowing where those columns are going to be resting on your slab and how you're going to handle those loads. Uh, you know, generally, most customers, they want to try to have as few columns on the floor as possible. But they have to understand, too, that decisions that they make early on in the process, for example, if they're going to use the platform for storage, you know, they're going to end up with a 125 pound per square foot minimum load up there. It's a uniform load, but all that loading then has to transfer through the columns to the existing floor, or they may have to put footings in. So sometimes, you know, having a wide span, spacing your columns out further can cause those high loads where you may want to keep them in a little bit closer to avoid putting footings in your facility. But it really boils down to, at the end of the day, what works for the operation so that they have a long-term solution that the customer's happy with at the end. Okay, now most of today's fulfillment centers are incorporating automation in some way, shape, or form. How would an elevated platform fit in, in these solutions? So basically, most of the cases for, for fulfillment centers and partial distribution in e-commerce, uh, what they're doing is they're elevating the method of transporting the product or sorting the product. Uh, through conveyance um, or through robotics, through the AMRs. Um, what they want to do is they want to get those conveyors, that sorting process up off the ground level 
so that they can still have that ground level for shipping and receiving, you know, unloading or loading the trucks on the floor. Other areas of that we see that help, you know, elevating those processes are just general maintenance. Uh, you might see that in like auto store types of settings where the bots need to come out out of the the um, shelving units out onto a floor area so that charging or maintenance can happen. So what are the differences between incorporating a platform into an existing facility and say a new facility? We'll start with you first, Natalie. In an existing facility, you already have your key controlled costs. So for example, you already have the square footage, you already know the taxes, the electricity, those kinds of things. So oftentimes we see that folks really put a lot of equipment, not necessarily in the most optimal layout on that first floor, but they have all of that additional headspace from about 12 feet up all the way to the ceiling that work platforms can really maximize that potential. On the other hand, in a brand new build, the building doesn't yet exist. You don't have your already controlled costs or your expected costs month to month. So really the opportunity is there to expand or create a smaller but more vertical building in that regard. It's just up to what they're trying to achieve. Chris, what about you? What are the differences you've noticed? Really the difference between a greenfield site, a brownfield site, Greenfield sites, you know, you pretty much have a clean canvas to work off of, other than, you know, where the building columns are and so forth and so on. When you get into the brownfield sites, you're now working over top of existing operations or storage or equipment below. So you'll have some restrictions as to where you put the columns. Comes magnified as you work into higher seismic areas in the country, say for example, in California or in St. You know, Louis or Memphis. Uh, now you have to not only worry about, you know, how you can keep your columns lined up, but where the bracing is going to go for the, for the site, to, you know, to deal with the seismic reactions that we see in those areas. Any tips for someone looking to expand their workable space? Uh, I would just say that, like you said earlier, you know, the earlier, the better can't understate that uh, there's and you know knowing too that the industry's very busy at this point so the sooner you can partner up with any of these suppliers the better other things would be just really understand what you're going to use the, the equipment for you know a lot of folks will go into this they get a pretty good idea but just understand you know if you're going to submit to the to the billing department you're going to have to submit using a use group. And if you decide that you're just going to use, for example, uh, 125 is a minimum for storage, that those decisions, if it could have been less than that, if you're only supporting or elevating operations, you may well be able to go under that, which is also going to save a lot of steel in the structures. Could be the difference whether or not you're going to put footings in which is gonna save you cost. So really just get with the suppliers that you're partnering up with and, and get that started earlier. Natalie, what, what tips can you offer to someone who'd be you know expanding within an existing facility? For key details to consider and think about, 
when maximizing that already existing facility um, include kind of three basic things. I find that when they do an external analysis of the market and key product focuses, both for current and future product offerings, that's a really good place to start, along with conducting an internal analysis of current and ideal work equipment locations and flow through. And then third, thinking about a budget and what is possible both now and over time as platforms or elevated work platforms help to support the goals that an existing facility is trying to achieve. So let me break those down a little bit more. First, by understanding the current and future market served, it'll become more clear if the overall business plan is to continue producing current product offerings, or if, for example, the product development team will offer more or different products, and that will take place over time. Because with that, we'll need to consider as we're elevating our warehouse space through work platforms, are these products going to evolve in height or shape or weight, maybe even dimension and, and characteristics along those lines. So knowing both current state and where an organization is trying to get to with their current and future product offerings is key. And similarly, doing an internal workflow analysis will determine if work equipment layouts and workflow right now is optimal. Or when an existing facility is thinking about incorporating elevated work platforms into an existing facility, this might also be a really good point in time to either move or relocate or update the equipment locations to create a more ideal process flow in the facility. And lastly, one thing that kind of gets me once in a while is many times folks think that they need all this money up front for this huge, grandiose plan, when really this isn't the case at all, especially when you're incorporating elevated work platforms into an existing facility. They can be included in a phased approach and actually added into the facility over time. And what's more, the uses of the platforms can evolve and change over time as well. Therefore, by understanding the current and future state of product offerings and market focuses, and by conducting that key internal analysis of your throughput and ideal work equipment locations, and by creating key milestones in an expansion plan in an existing facility that coincide with budgeting abilities, in this way, organizations are able to expand and evolve strategically over time. Well, I'll tell you, this has been great so far. We, we do have some time for final thoughts. And uh, we know that SMA has published standards and, and we're working on a few right now. Chris, is there anything you'd like to mention about the standards and, and uh, you know, where to find them? You know, along with the standards that SMA has already approved, uh, we're now in the process of them being adopted into the ICC for code approval. And, um, you know, I would just say to our listeners today that they should go to the SMA website and get updates periodically to see where those are coming into place because it will directly impact, you know, what those platforms and shelvings will look like in the future. Well, thank you both once again for joining us today. Natalie, Chris, for sharing your insights. You are absolutely contributing big time to MHI and its community. 
If you'd like to learn more about elevated work platforms or other solutions you can use to maximize the footprint of your facility, you can visit mhi.org SMA, mhi.org SMA. And if you'd like to dive into other innovations in the industry, you can download the 2022 MHI Annual Industry Report and find out what tools you can access to keep your supply chain running smoothly. Here at MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to that next level of success. Thank you for making us a part of your professional development journey.